Hello, and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday, 14th of October. This is John. Your other readers are Graham, Graham, and Catherine. The editor this week is Mark. All are members of team number five. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted, and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headlines are Dangerous Pollution, Funding to Combat Domestic Abuse, and Wonderful Preschool Suddenly Closes. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Good evening, this is Graham. Three quarters of neighbourhoods in decorum are exposed to dangerously high air pollution, a new analysis has found. Analysis from environmental organisation Friends of the Earth shows over 36 million people in England and Wales, including 8 million children, were breathing air with hazardous levels of nitrogen dioxide in 2022. <clears throat> It comes as the government announced it was pushing back the deadline for several environmental policies, such as the ban on sales of new diesel and petrol cars, which are significant contributors to greenhouse gas emissions. Nitrogen dioxide can affect the respiratory system and is associated with higher mortality rates. It is especially dangerous for children as it increases their risk of respiratory infection and may lead to poorer lung function in later life. The data uses information from the census to divide the country into over 33,000 neighbourhood areas, each with between 1,000 and 3,000 people living there. The analysis revealed 70 neighbourhoods in decorum, 75%, were exposed to air pollution, exceeding the World Health Organization recommended safety limit. This meant approximately 118,000 people were breathing polluted air in the area in 2022, which has been linked to up to 36,000 premature deaths every year in the UK. Across England and Wales, three in five neighbourhoods were found to have polluted air. Areas where the recommended limit was exceeded twice accounted for 9% of all neighbourhoods, with 5.9 million people breathing dangerously polluted air. Friends of the Earth's Head of Policy, Mike Childs, said, It's a national scandal that millions of people across the country live in areas where air pollution is double the safety level, with children, the elderly and those with pre-existing health conditions most at risk. Hello, I'm Graham. There were 61 schools in the areas of the Quorum where the dirty air was recorded affecting 28,000 children. Mr Childs added, Richie Sunak's backpedalling on measures aimed at tackling poor air quality, such as funding better cycling provision and financial support and incentives to switch to cleaner cars, will simply prolong people's misery. Most of the areas with really bad air pollution are in Labour constituencies, so if Keir Starmer wins the next election, he will be under intense pressure to give this issue the priority it deserves. Further figures by the Royal College of Physicians show the issues cost the UK economy £20 billion annually through NHS costs and workdays lost due to illness. A Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs spokesperson said, This data makes comparisons to World Health Organisation guidelines which are intended to inform the setting of air quality standards and are not ready-made targets for adoption. Natural and transboundary sources alone mean that even if all humans left the southeast, it would still have levels higher than the World Health Organization guideline. We absolutely recognize the importance of protecting people from air pollution, which is why we have set stretching new targets for fine particulate matter and are taking comprehensive action set out in the Environmental Improvement Plan 2023 to improve air quality for all. Hello, I'm Catherine. Hospital chiefs in West Hertfordshire are taking measures to cut unnecessary spending. As latest figures reveal, they have overspent by 13.4 million in just five months. 
Drug costs, pay, strike action and excess inflation are among the factors reported to have had a financial impact at the West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust. And on Thursday last week, 5th of October, members of the Trust Board were told that by the end of the year the likely scenario is a budget deficit of £22 million. In a written report, Chief Financial Officer Don Richards said that the Trust had planned to be £4 million in deficit at this point of the year. But several factors, he says, have led to a deficit that is already £9.4 million higher than expected. The Trust has reported a deficit of £13.4 million, which is significantly higher than the planned deficit of £4 million, says the report. Several factors have contributed to this overspend, including emergency pressures, extra costs associated with industrial action, and increased spending on managing potential harm. Pointing to those emergency pressures, the report highlights the additional £2.3 million needed to open surge beds and to provide nurses to safely care for patients in the emergency department corridor. It points to the £1.2 million of lost income and extra costs associated with industrial action. And with a shortage of mental health beds, it points to £1.1 million spent by the Trust on one-to-one -one nurses to support these patients. It also points to £1.1 million on unfunded inflation costs and £300,000k of unfunded pay awards as well as £600,000 more needed for theatre support staff. Continuing on, 80 cost-saving actions are to be implemented at the Trust as part of a high-impact financial change plan, as well as spending caps. These are said to be actions to reduce unnecessary spending, transform workforce management, manage the Trust's response to emergency pressures and refocus on productivity. According to the report, the actions in the plan aim to limit the deficit to £22 million. But without the cost-saving measures, it suggests the Trust deficit could be £33 million or more by the end of the financial year. According to the report, the Trust has already reduced budgets by £2.3 million with savings that are expected to increase to £6.5 million. And, says the report, the High Impact Financial Change Programme aims to boost the cost improvement achievement by £4.5 million. As well as Watford General Hospital, the West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust runs Hemel Hempstead and St Albans City Hospitals. Commenting on the Trust's financial position in advance of the board meeting, Chief Financial Officer Don Richards said, We have an agreed plan to collaborate with our system partners to manage our spending while ensuring patient safety. New data shows there are around 2,770 patients who have been waiting for treatment at hospitals in West Hertfordshire for over a year. National targets suggest that the vast majority of patients, 92%, should start their hospital treatment within 18 weeks of referral. But in August, just 51% of those referred to Watford General, Hemel Hempstead or St Albans City Hospital had been waiting for 18 weeks or less. The data is contained in a report which was prepared for a meeting of the West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospital Trust Board on Thursday last week. October the 5th. According to the report, 578 trust patients have already been waiting for 65 weeks or longer, and 14 of those have been waiting for 78 weeks or more. Meanwhile, data presented to the, to the board also shows how long patients are waiting for treatment in the emergency department. National targets suggest that 95% of patients seeking emergency treatment should be admitted or discharged within four hours. But the average emergency wait for patients who were not admitted in August was five hours and 21 minutes. <coughs> and those who were admitted waited for an average of seven hours, 47 minutes.
There were, according to the data, 775 people who were in the department for 12 hours or longer. Overall, the number of people seeking treatment at the emergency department remained high, with more than 14,850 attendances. Hertfordshire Police's Commissioner has announced funding of £3.2 million to prevent more domestic abuse offences in the county. A significant amount of money is going towards intervention hubs serving people in Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd, announced the kitty, adding that his office has donated £300,000 to the cause. Money was taken from the Community Safety and Criminal Justice Budget for Hertfordshire by the Commissioner. An initial £2 million for the project was allocated to the neighbouring counties from the Home Office. Further funding for the project came from the Commissioner, local authorities including Hertfordshire County Council and other partner organisations. Called the Chrysalis Centre, it will act as a hub for crime intervention by working with domestic abuse perpetrators to prevent or break the cycle of their behaviour. This offending type can include spousal abuse as well as abuse against children and parents. Commissioner Lloyd said, This programme is about radically reducing the number of domestic abuse victims in our county. The Chrysalis Centre will be working with perpetrators to intervene and act before any harm is done. The best way to reduce the number of victims is to try and ensure that the crimes don't happen in the first place. Rather than convict more perpetrators for domestic abuse, the better long-term solution is to tackle their partners of offending. This principle is central to Hertfordshire Constabulary's Prevention First strategy, which is embedding policies to tackle the root causes of crime. My office, alongside colleagues at Bedfordshire, successfully brought millions of pounds of government funding to our area and this lasted, last award will ensure the project can run for at least the next two years. More details on the Joint Centre can be found at chrysaliscentre.net forward slash programme. Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire's new domestic abuse base is part of a wider £39 million project launched by the Home Office, which is contributing to 50 similar schemes across the country. Data from the Police Commissioner shows that 83% of male domestic abusers are repeat offenders. A new housing bid has been submitted to Decorum Borough Council to construct 43 new homes near Hemel. Homes England and Caller Homes Chiltern are looking to build new properties near Bovingdon. Plans that are set to be reviewed by the Council show that 40% of homes would be affordable and the development will be situated in land at Molyneux Avenue. Homes England say the application was submitted following a public consultation with Hertfordshire residents. As the at the development, houses, maisonettes and apartments would be constructed. It is hoped that first-time buyers, families and downsizers will be interested in the potential new homes. Also included in the plans is a children's play area and the housing department and the Housing Partnership claims it will improve on-site biodiversity. Since the site's removal from the Greenbelt, the Council has allocated the site for up to 60 homes in the area. Caller Homes and Homes England state that several preliminary meetings have been held with the authority prior to the official bid being lodged. Land Director at Caller Homes Chilton, Jim Brunt, said we are passionate about creating vibrant, sustainable developments that become part of the communities in which they are built. The proposed homes for Bovingdon will help to address the local housing demand, while the generous new areas of open space and the play area will meet the recreational needs of existing and future residents. As we look ahead to creating this new development in Bovingdon, we remain committed to continuing our engagement with the local community and stakeholders during the determination period of the planning application and post-planning. Previously, the development group has constructed over 270 homes in Decorum. This includes its project Roman Park, which involved creating a neighbourhood of over 220 homes in Tring. Decorum Borough Council will consider whether or not to approve the new housing project. Some homeowners may be breathing a sigh of relief after the Bank of England's decision to press pause on interest rate hikes. 
but many are yet to fully feel the impact of the increases that have already taken place. With many homeowners sitting on fixed rate mortgages, the effects of previous rate rises are still working their way through as people's deals come to an end and they take out new deals at higher rates. According to Trade Association UK Finance, around 800,000 fixed rate mortgage deals are due to end in the second half of this year and 1.6 million are due to end next year. <coughs> Lucien Cook, head of residential research at estate agent Savills, said, the Bank of England's decision to maintain the current base rate is an important signal to the mortgage markets and should take some of the edge off the affordability pressures buying buyers are currently facing. However, a material improvement in mortgage affordability requires the prospect of a cut in interest rates coming onto the horizon. That still looks some way off, suggesting buyers' budgets are going to remain constrained and there is a little way to go before house prices bottom out. The pause follows 14 rises in a row, taking the base rate from 0.1% to 5.25%. Earlier this week, consumer group WITCH highlighted concerns around those who are due to come off fixed rate deals around Christmas, a time when finances are often squeezed. Average two-year fixed rate mortgages are currently above 6%, according to data from financial information website MoneyFacts. But which said that some of those who had previously fixed their deal in December 2021 could have got a rate below 2%. Sam Richardson, deputy editor of Which Money, said, this latest decision may offer some relief for those around the country struggling with housing costs. Continuing on. However, Rich warned this week that around half a million homeowners are set to come off their fixed-term deals over the Christmas period, meaning households already under pressure due to the cost-of-living crisis could see their monthly repayments increase by hundreds of pounds. Those concerned about how they will repay their mortgage should contact their lender straight away, and doing so will not affect your credit score. Options may include extending the term of your mortgage, only paying the interest on your deal, or taking a temporary payment holiday. And the most suitable will depend on individual circumstances. That's why it's crucial that lenders are available to help customers with appropriate and tailored support. People should bear in mind that extending the mortgage term or going interest only for a period may mean that they end up paying more money to their lender in interest charges over the longer term. Andrew Montlake, Managing Director of Mortgage Broker Coreco, said, It now looks like we're at the very top of the interest rate cycle, with swap rates, which underpin mortgage pricing, continuing to ease and giving lenders more space to engage in a rate war as they battle for market share and look to get a good start to 2024. Decorum Borough Council has responded after parents were left devastated by the sudden closure of a wonderful Hemel Hempstead preschool. Parents, staff and pupils have been rocked after Woodland Magic Preschool was given less than a month to vacate its base at Bennett's End Adventure Playground. The preschool, which has a good Ofsted rating, received a letter last week from Decorum Borough Council giving three and a half weeks notice to vacate its premises. Parents claim it is for the refurbishment of the playground and that no alternative venues were offered in the notice. The council has issued a response over the notice sent to Woodland Magic saying it is inappropriate to disclose any further details. But a DBC spokesman insists the preschool's owner will be given details of alternative preschools for distribution to parents. 
A parent brought the matter to the attention of the Hemel Gazette, claiming there has been a devastating domino impact on everyone connected to woodland magic. This is a highly regarded preschool in a deprived part of Hemel Hempstead and also the owner's own personal business, the parent told the Hemel Gazette. No alternative venues have been offered and the staff have had no option but to give the parents three weeks notice of closure at the beginning of a new school year, making finding a new preschool almost impossible. This is leaving the staff without a job, children without childcare at short notice, the owner of the preschool without her business and a group of children having their whole routine and lifestyle completely disrupted. It has been completely devastating for all involved. The Gazette contacted Decorum Borough Council about the matter last week, but we were passed on to Hearts County Council, only to be referred back to the District Authority before a response was issued. A Decorum Borough Council spokesman said Woodland Magic Preschool was issued a notice to vacate premises at Bennett's End Adventure Playground due to operational matters regarding their occupancy. It would not be appropriate to disclose further details, but officers of the council will speak to the preschool owner and provide details of alternative preschools for distribution to parents. Hertfordshire Police have released a video of a man driving dangerously along the M25, not far from a Hemel Junction. It follows a court hearing last week in which Jack Doolan from Temple Close, Chessent, pleaded guilty to dangerous driving and failing to stop following the incident in December. The 22-year-old was banned from driving for two years and sentenced to a community order for 12 months in which he must undertake 200 hours of unpaid work. He must also complete 10 RA days, rehabilitation activity requirement, and pay £250 in costs. Doolan was driving his Ford Mondeo between junctions 21 and 21A on the outside lane. Despite having a space saver tyre, smaller and lighter than a traditional spare tyre, which have a recommended speed limit of below 50 miles per hour, Doolan was driving more than 75. He undertook another vehicle before cutting back in, braking and swerving across the opposite side of the carriageway, colliding with a Ford Fiesta on the inside lane. Doolan continued to lose control and veered back across the carriageway before colliding with the concrete central barrier. He then failed to stop at the scene before he was arrested by officers. The dashcam footage of the incident can be viewed on YouTube. Now if you want to watch that, grab a pen and this is what you need to type into the search bar. Watch, question mark, lowercase v, equals sign, uppercase o, lowercase o, lowercase m, lowercase l, uppercase u, lowercase r, uppercase r, the number 2, uppercase s, lowercase o, and uppercase m. Chief Inspector Stephen O'Keefe said this incident was completely preventable by driving within the conditions of the road environment and vehicle capability. Space saver tyres are only designed to get you to a safe location at lower speeds to get the tyre replaced only. It was a miracle that no one was seriously hurt as a result of Doolan's dangerous and reckless behaviour. While they are designed to save space and reduce weight when compared to a full-size replacement wheel, space saver tyres have a lower speed limit, typically below 50 miles per hour. To report a vehicle being driven dangerously or in a dangerous condition, call 999 when safe to do so or dashcam footage can be uploaded on the Hearts Police website via hearts.police.uk forward slash report. A man in his 70s was assaulted in train over a disabled parking bay dispute. Hertfordshire Constabulary has confirmed on Thursday last week, that's October the 5th, that a man was assaulted in the car park behind Marks and Spencer's of Frogmore Street between 3pm and 3.15 on Thursday, September the 21st. He was waiting to park his car in a disabled bay when he and another driver started arguing. Both parties got out of their cars and continued their heated exchange. 
Hertfordshire Constabulary has described the other driver as a white male wearing glasses, aged in his 40s and of large build. He verbally threatened the victim before punching him in the face and throwing him to the ground. Witness reports state the offender got back into his car and drove off while passers-by helped the man on the floor. PC Olivia Finley, who is investigating, said the victim was left understandably shaken by what happened, but thankfully in the aftermath he was assisted by kind passers-by. We're doing everything we can to identify the person responsible and are now appealing for anyone who believes they may have information but has not yet spoken to us to please come forward. This incident happened at a busy time of day when people would have been collecting their children from the nearby primary school. So please get in touch with us if you can help. You can email PC Finley via olivia.finley at hearts.police.uk quoting reference 41 forward slash 76077 forward slash 23. You can also report information online at www hearts.police.uk forward slash report or speak to an operator in Hertfordshire Constabulary's force communications room via its online web chat or call the non-emergency number 101. Alternatively, you can stay 100% anonymous by contacting the independent charity Crime Stoppers on zero eight zero zero treble five treble one or via its untraceable online form at crimestoppers uk dot org forward slash Hertfordshire's police chief is set to review the forces non emergency services. Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd is asking for the public's thoughts on non-emergency services in the county. The Commissioner wants to know how people get in touch with police, what changes they'd like to see made to the forces channels, and why. A survey has been set up asking the public to rate Hertfordshire Constabulary's services in terms of visibility and accessibility. Specifically, the Police Chief is assessing how the public interacts with the police when there is no imminent danger and the incident does not require an instant police response. The survey can be found via www.surveymonkey.co.uk forward slash lowercase r forward slash uppercase b j 3 m y f 5 and closes on October the 15th. Commissioner Lloyd said, as a firm believer in local policing, I have ensured that a strong neighbourhood policing model has been maintained across the county, with each of our 10 districts or boroughs having at least one operational station. Some of these have open front counter services, but all of them appointments can be made in advance to speak to local officers. While some people prefer face-to-face -face contact, there are lots of different ways to contact the constabulary, including online and by calling 101. This survey gives us an opportunity to review our existing engagement channels with communities and ensure that they are the best attuned to their needs and continue to deliver excellent customer service. Podcast producers from Tring were recently praised by UK Royalty after a recent appearance on one of their shows. During her appearance on The Two Lit Chicks, The Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson hail producer Jeremy Chapman. The Tring-based podcaster has been assisting people via his business in the growing media space since 2019. He edits and organises various podcast shows from the shed in his back garden in Tring. 
Two Lit Chicks is a podcast dedicated to interviewing notable book lovers about their favourite printed stories. It is hosted by Julia Baggio and Miss Ferguson was alongside her co-author Marguerite Kay to discuss their work completing two books together. Jerry Moon works on a number of other professional podcasts including his wife's Diary of a Name Dropper podcast where his wife Meredith Hepner Chapman dials up some of the famous names in her contacts book. The pair converted their back garden shed into the perfect place to record and remix audio work. Meredith said after the interview the file got corrupted. That's never happened to us before, but sod's law it happens to us with a member of the royal family. Jeremy messaged Fergie. This woman was like, Jeremy, you poor thing. She replied to him in four minutes. She came back on and a ten minute interview turned into a half an hour, into an hour. She said, one thing I loved about Jeremy is he asked me, how are you? No one ever asked me how I am. Jeremy previously worked in the motor trade and for a children's charity before dedicating himself to the world of audio. He hopes to work with people interested in podcasting and broadcasting in Tring to help them make their first steps along the still relatively new career path. There has been a decrease in the number of recorded metal theft offences in Hertfordshire, new figures show. Home Office data shows Hertfordshire Constabulary recorded 1,040 metal thefts in the year to March, a decrease from 1,073 the year before. Of those, 320 were non-infrastructure related, including the removal of war memorial plaques and scrap metal theft. The remaining 720 were infrastructure related, including roofing lead, electricity, or railway cables and vehicle parts. The British Metal Recycling Association warned true figures may be far greater than those reported as metal prices increase and people face more economic difficulties. Spokesperson Antonia Gray said, over the years the type of theft shifted from low-value, low-volume thefts to high-value, high-volume thefts, such as entire lead roofs. In the face of recession and economic difficulties, it's likely the true numbers of metal thefts are far greater than those published by the Office of National Statistics, which does not report all metal theft incidents. The reported figures give the areas covered by Hertfordshire Constabulary a rate of 8.7 thefts per 10,000 people, higher than the average of 4.9 for England and Wales. Although there were fewer metal theft offences across England and Wales in 2022-23 than in the previous year, numbers have risen in the last two years. Mark Cleland, superintendent of the British Transport Police, said metal theft can have a huge effect on all communities, not least for the rail network. This year we've run numerous weeks of intensification across the UK to target metal crime and formed the National Infrastructure Crime Reduction Partnership, which involves working with numerous industry and enforcement partners to prevent metal theft and pursue offenders. Ms Gray explained police budgets cut police budget cuts had led to difficulty with enforcing the Scrap Metal Dealer Act of 2013, meaning operators are not renewing their scrap metal dealer licenses. A Home Office spokesperson said police forces had made progress in crime prevention with offences like burglary, robbery and vehicle, vehicle theft halving since 2010. They added, we provide funding to set up the National Infrastructure Crime Reduction Partnership which supports policing and law enforcement partners to tackle metal theft by sharing intelligence and implementing crime prevention measures. Like many tired parents trudging towards their half-century, I often look back on my teenage years if I need cheering up. I've always regarded myself very lucky to have grown up in the 1990s, a decade when Britain really discovered its swagger and showed the rest of the world how to do cool. Although, like many youngsters, I spent quite a bit of my time staggering from pub to pub. They were great times. Those halcyon days of 30-odd years ago were largely fueled by strong European lager and shots of anything that had a bright orange star-shaped 
two-for-one offer, tickets stuck to the bottle. Back then, a good night out wasn't measured by how many members of the opposite sex gave you their phone number, but by how many pints one got through during the course of a single evening. Stinking hangovers were a badge of honour, as was not as was not remembering how you got home. It isn't much of a re revelation, I know, as booze and teenagers have always been as compatible as bangers and mash and salt and tequila. But things seem to be changing, with news last week that one in five young adults are teetotal, and that under 25s, or Generation Z, are less likely to drink alcohol than any other generation. The latest survey by the charity DrinkAware shows that 21% of those aged between 18 to 24 said they did not drink. That's up from 14% in 2017. That's bad news for the landlords, but good news for the NHS. It is unclear what has prompted large numbers of those you typically expect to be, expect to be out on the tiles seven nights a week to shun booze and the morning after headache. Although the country still has a worrying binge drinking problem, more is known about the potentially devastating impact of alcohol than it was three decades ago, suggesting that informed decisions are being made. Then there is the cost. When I first frequented pubs, a tenner would get you a round of five pints and a couple of packets of pork scratchings. In 2023, a tenner won't even get you a couple of pints of standard lager these days. Younger generations are always viewed with suspicion by their elders, but it could be that the latest batch of young adults are the most sensible yet. The future is bright, not to mention hangover free. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and any more news. Disney is celebrating its 100th anniversary. The 100 Years of Wonder is a year-long celebration filled with events and festivities for fans of all ages. Let's dive into the magical world of Disney and explore the incredible journey that has brought us a century of joy. It all began on 16th October 1923 when Walt Disney and his brother Roy founded the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio in Hollywood, California. Little did they know that this small studio would grow into the iconic Walt Disney Company we know today. Walt Disney's passion for animation led to the creation of beloved characters like Mickey Mouse and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. These characters captured the hearts of audiences worldwide and paved the way for the golden age of Disney animation. From Pinocchio to Cinderella and beyond, Disney's animated films have become timeless classics that continue to inspire and delight. Walt Disney dreamed of a place where families could have fun together. This became a reality when Disneyland first opened its gates in California in 1955. This magical park, filled with thrilling attractions and characters, quickly became a symbol of entertainment for people of all ages. A further five resorts were then built across the world. This Week in History On October the 12th, 1866, Ramsay MacDonald was born. In 1924, he became Britain's first Labour Prime Minister. On this day last year, Dame Angela Lansbury died at the age of 96. October 13, 1853, Lily Lantry, British actress and mistress of Edward VII when he was Prince of Wales, was born in Jersey. On this day last year, acclaimed actress Dame Vanessa Redgrave and Conservative former Minister Dame Andrea Leadsom were among those who received honours at Buckingham Palace. October the 14th, 1969, 
the 50 pence piece decimal coin was first issued in Britain, replacing the 10 shilling note. On this day last year, Netflix announced it would launch a new ad-supported streaming tier, costing £4.99 a month for cost-conscious consumers. On October the 15th, 1976, two men from the Ulster Defence Regiment, UDR, were jailed for 35 years in connection with the murders of members of the Miami show band. This day, last year, a tree was planted in Southend in the memory of Sir David Amos, a year on from his murder. October the 16th, 1793, following on with the theme, Mary Antoinette, Queen of France, as wife of Louis XVI, was convicted of treason and guillotined in Paris. The obituaries on the family announcement page this week are Audrey Janet Chamberlain and Christopher Robin Hunt, who is aged 91. May they all rest in peace. Now for what's on. Spirits are set to be raised in Hemel Hempstead as its annual Halloween party returns to Old Town. The event takes place on Sunday, October the 29th, from 3pm to 7pm. It will include a host of hair-raising entertainment, from a fortune teller and fancy dress competitions to a fairground and face painting. It will be followed by fireworks in Gaybridge Park at 7.30pm. And, if that wasn't enough, the Old Town Hall will be hosting two shows on the day. They include Creepy Crawly Encounters, where visitors can learn more about reptiles, amphibians and creepy crawlies, while the Dead of the Night, Face Plant Theatre, presents the story of a young girl whose imagination conjures up fantastical monsters. The event is organised by Decorum Borough Council in partnership with Hemel Old Town Market and Community Action Decorum. Comedy. The Crown Jewels, Milton Keynes Theatre, October 10th to 14th. Some of Britain's top comedy performers take to the stage in this riotous royal caper. Charismatic and unpredictable Colonel Blood, along with a trio of misfits, is planning the greatest heist of all time, stealing the crown jewels in plain sight. But reigning monarch Charles II can't afford a royal scandal. The show stars Al Murray and Mel Goodroich, along with Men Behaving Badly's Neil Morrissey and Joe Thomas of The Inbetweeners, plus West End favourite Carrie Hope Fletcher. Visit atgtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book. Music. Lee Mead, The Best of Me, Watford Palace Theatre, October 19. The award-winning stage and screen actor, singer and West End leading man will be showcasing some of his favourite songs, including musical theatre classics, contemporary hits, soulful ballads and a sneak peek at his new EP. Visit watfordpalacetheatre.co.uk to book. And staying with theatre, There's a Monster in Your Show is on at the Watford Palace Theatre, October the 12th and 13th. He found stardom in McFly, and now Tom Fletcher's interactive adventures for big imaginations are leaping from page to stage as the Who's In Your Book series makes its debut at its new, as a new musical show. A high-energy 50-minute adventure featuring lively original music, the show promises plenty of playful fun and special moments to enjoy together. Fletcher, who as McFly's lead singer had hits with the likes of Five Colours in Her Hair and Obviously, said theatre is such an important way to introduce children to the arts and There's a Monster in Your Show is the perfect first theatre trip for preschoolers and their families. Visit watfordpalacetheatre.co.uk to book. Moving on to the stage, Noel Fitzpatrick, beyond Supervet, is on at the Auburn Arena St Albans on October the 14th. Here entertaining and interesting insights into the things Noel has learned from the thousands of animals he has helped throughout his career. 
Visit auburn-arena.co.uk to book. And on to music. Patty Boulet, Billy and Me, is on at the Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, on October the 14th. The one-woman show draws humorous and thought-provoking parallels between Billie Holiday's and Patty's lives with music from jazz and blues icons. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. Axel Blake, the winner of Britain's Got Talent, is appearing at the Watford Palace Theatre on 14th of October in his new show, In Style. Axel hails from Dunstable and his observational comedy with witty charm are sure to make for a fun evening. For more details go to watfordpalacetheatre.co.uk forward slash events forward slash Axel hyphen Blake hyphen in hyphen style. Knives Out, 2019, film on a Saturday, Channel 4 at 9.30pm. A wealthy crime novelist, Harlan Thromby, Christopher Plummer, presides over a motley crew of dysfunctional relatives, played by, amongst others, Jamie Lee Curtis, Don Johnson, Michael Shannon, Chris Evans and Tony Collette who have their eyes on his vast fortune. He invites his kin to an 85th birthday party at his large mansion and apparently commits suicide by slitting his throat after doting carer Marta Cabrera, Ana de Armas, gives him his medication. Detective Lieutenant Elliot, Lakeith Stanfield and Trooper Wagner, Noah Segan, attend the scene, accompanied by private detective Benoit Blanc, Daniel Craig clearly having a blast. Knives Out pays loving tribute to Agatha Christie and writer-director Rianne Johnson enjoys pulling the rug from under us. On Saturday at 5.40pm on Sky Cinema there's Champions, which is a 2023 film. 30 years after Woody Harrelson hustled on a basketball court in White Men Can't Jump, the Texas-born actor shoots hoops and scores generous laughs in director Bobby Farrelly's English-language remake of the award-winning 2018 Spanish comedy Campiones. Screenwriter Mark Rizzo retains the dramatic arc of the original to challenge discriminatory attitudes but relocates the heartwarming sentiment to snow-laden Iowa, replete with an exuberant supporting cast, many of whom make their feature film debuts. Harrelson trades on his inherent charm to traverse a predictable path from brash, politically incorrect knucklehead to passionate ally, sparking molten screen chemistry with co-star Caitlin Olsen. She is one of the film's MVPs, with scene-stealer Madison Teblin as the basketball team's sole female player. Some more news, information and sport. The Marlowe Shopping Centre has sent out a plea for pre-loved books ahead of launch of its new mini-library for children. The Marley's Little Library is set to offer little ones a chance to sit and read as a break from a shopping trip Try new books, donate or swap books. The Marlows are currently requesting that shoppers donate any unwanted stories to the guest services ahead of the launch, which is set to be imminent at the centre. The campaign comes as part of the Shopping Centre's Kids Club initiative, which sees various free events take place throughout the year, including the most recent Around the World Interactive Dome experiences, running weekly throughout August which attracted many families for free outings in the summer holidays. The mini-library is kindly sponsored by the Lions Bookshop at the Marlows, which sells pre-loved books of all genres to raise money for local causes. The bookshop has donated various titles for little ones to enjoy to kick-start the campaign, however more stories are still required to provide a generous offering to those stopping by. 
Humphrey Mwanza, centre manager at the Marlow Shopping Centre, commented, We are excited to announce that we are now accepting donations to our Marley's Little Library, soon to be launched here at the Marlow's. We are always proud of our efforts to engage with little ones here at the centre and the Little Library is a great, great way for families to take a break on their shopping and encourage the love of reading, a value which we believe is incredibly important. Keep an eye out on our social media to find out when the library opens and please donate generously. For further details on events at the Marlow Shopping Centre, visit the centre's website at www themarlows.co.uk forward slash events. How daily activities can help boost your health. Everyday activities could help lower the risk of heart attack, stroke and even premature death. Short bouts of incidental activity are good for you. Also, the longer the bouts of activity, the better, regardless of total activity level. These activities include walking upstairs, doing the household chores, walking to the bus stop, and playing with children. 97% of everyday physical activity is made up of bouts lasting less than 10 minutes. Those who are active for periods of five minutes to less than 10 minutes reduce the risk of major cardiovascular events by 29 to 44%. People who huff and puff for at least 15% of activity periods see the greatest benefits. And moving consistently for at least one to three minutes is more beneficial than very short bouts of movement that last less than a minute. Also, the more vigorous activity in each bout, the better. Competing on the European stage is the summit for the UK's top teams. But all this competition comes at a price for the travelling fan. As they rack up the air miles, the cost to footy supporters rises. But who offers the best value for their die-hard fans? Here we take a look. Amid reports that Atletico Madrid have slammed Celtic for their Champions League ticket prices for this season, Seatpick taught to uncover which British team has got the cheapest away day tickets for their respectable group stage games. With the Champions League having started on September the 19th, with Newcastle back in the competition after 20 years, Seatpick, that's seatpick.com, has analysed flight data alongside resale ticket prices to find which British team is lucky enough to have the cheapest away day of the tournament. And key findings are Lazio v Celtic on November the 28th is the cheapest away day of all British teams with flights at £161 and a ticket at £48 costing £209 in total. Sevilla versus Arsenal on 24th of October ranked second, totalling 239 for the cheapest flights at £64 and resale ticket at £175. Manchester United have the most expensive games, with Galatasaray versus Manchester United currently standing at £1,039. That's a resale ticket at 716 and the cheapest flight at £323. Bayern Munich versus Manchester United is the cheapest away day, totalling £588 for flights at £388 and a ticket at £200. Hemel Hempstead Town were left frustrated on Saturday as host Tunbridge Wells, sorry, Tunbridge Angels, battled back with 10 men to earn a last gas 3 all draw in Kent. Lewis Gard's penalty four minutes into stoppage time denied the Tudors all three points after goals by Bailey Brown, 
George Williams and Josh Williams looked to have been enough. Angels also seeing Jordan Greenwich sent off with 10 minutes to go. And it left Hemel skipper Josh Hill frustrated after the game. He said, it's horrendous and feels terrible. They've got 10 men with about 10 minutes left when we're 3-2 up after Josh's wonder goal after what had been overall a poor performance. Good teams find a way to win when they play badly, and I thought we'd managed that. But what I thought wasn't a penalty. It's even body to body. The lad's taken his chance and the ref's fallen for it. We had a couple of things go our way, but when it's that important and it costs you two points, it's hard to deal with. Hemel are back in the FA Cup action this weekend when they host National League side Woking in the fourth qualifying round. Berkhamsted crashed out of the Isuzu FA Trophy on Friday night at Potter's Bar Town in a 4-1 loss. It all started well for the comrades, with Nathan Freiter scoring in just the third minute. He pounced on a mistake by Valchik Fernandez to put Berko in front. They held on to the advantage for about half an hour, but were then hit by a whirlwind hat-trick before half-time by Temi Babalola. His equaliser was a good shot, and he added two more in first-half stoppage time. He bundled the ball in after a defensive lapse and then was given the chance, which he took, to get his hat-trick as he converted a penalty. Any hopes of Burko fighting back fizzled out when Fernandez added a fourth goal to make sure the home side were in Monday's draw. Burko's ladies' side moved up to third in the league table on Sunday afternoon after a 3-0 win at Evergreen Eagles. Bianca Hedgecock hit a good free kick for the first and the other goals came from Ellie Smith and Daisy Lauder. On Sunday afternoon they will be at home to Biggleswade United. Hemel Storm suffered their first defeat since April 2022 on Saturday as they opened their NBL Division 1 campaign with a loss at Loughborough Riders. After an intense affair which took the game down to the wire, a new look Storm were unable to stop the energetic hosts who won 92-87. It was a new look Storm team to last season's quadruple winning side, with many new faces continuing to gel with each other. However, Loughborough were no strangers to Storm in their previous match-up, taking the NBL Division 1 champions to overtime in which they lost, although deserving to win the game in full regulation. Storm needed to start fast and gain control of the match-up as quick as possible and stop the threat from the riders. The early period of dominance was with the home side as they went into the first quarter break winning 25-21 and Storm was soon 38-25 down in the second. A timeout from coach Mark Clark waking them up as they cut the lead to four by the end of the half. Once again, Storm was slow to start the second half, allowing the riders to open up an 11-point lead but by the end of the third, they only led 65-63 to 63 after Storm battled back. The game could have gone either way in the fourth, but riders would ultimately have the edge by the end. It was a tough loss to take for Hemel Storm, who need to regroup and work even harder for their long trip up north to face Team Newcastle University on Saturday 14th. Storm's top scorers, Hakim Silla, 24 points, Seth Swalve, 18 points, Braden Inger and Tez Allen, 15 points. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7.20 and 18.12. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, 
after the music, there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly. Turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor Mark and Gary, your technician for this week. <laughs>